Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and are catching up with short form interview series. Who do we have? We got ourselves a NASCAR driver, y'all. I got to see our pal here, Jordan Taylor, a little over a week ago in Sebring, recorded the latest IMSA Win the Weekend episode, all shot and produced by the amazing folks at Tangent Vector and you were not only having the unfortunate thing, Jordan, of having to sit next to me for a couple of hours of uh, filming, but you had our man Andy Lally, a purveyor of NASCAR, feeding you with all kinds of insights and tips and whatever. So I figure having gone from being overloaded with how to do it, what to do and when to do it, to actually having done it, might be interesting to learn about how your weekend went subbing in for Chase Elliott. So let me say a quick thanks to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. And then say, you're on the other side of your first NASCAR Cup weekend, man. How you feeling? What's the vibe? Uh, yeah, I mean, up and down, I'd say. I'd say first two-thirds of the weekend were, were awesome, obviously. Yeah, you were there kind of as it was all kicking off. I got the call like a week before that race, so there wasn't much real prep time. Uh, until basically I saw you and I was able to kind of go back to Charlotte and get in the simulator and finish my seed and do pit stop practice. So Andy was really the first guy to really start giving me some feedback of what to expect. And yeah, Andy's stuff was super helpful. He sent me track notes from when he drove there in the past. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I've expected the Garage 56 car to be somewhat relatable to a cup car and it was insanely different like my first outlap i almost spun in the carousel then almost wrecked in turn one oh, uh then just had to like rein myself in because of like how like beastly of a machine this thing was it was just insane and so temperamental like so easy to have mistakes. uh and like we we had speed right away like we were fourth on, the, on our first run in practice and then when everyone put on tires we ended up 10th uh, so like the car definitely had speed. I just knew like I needed to figure out my driving needed to hit my marks. And yeah, when we went to qualifying, I was obviously super nervous because it was kind of like a one lap shootout and I had only done like eight laps in the car to that point. So, um, we, we made it through the fast five. We unfortunately went for two one lap runs where we, we only needed to do one, but we really wanted to make it to the top 10. So we went for a second banker lap. And that definitely hurt our chances for pole, which is kind of crazy to think we even had a chance to pole. Um, but, yeah, we ended up second in our group and then moved on. And a lot of the strong guys in that final top ten had only done one run, and some of them were also in group one, so they had longer time to cool their tires. So it was honestly the highlight of the weekend. Uh, and, yeah, the race itself was absolute mayhem. So I'm glad I'm able to walk away from it. Uh, finishing it in one piece. But yeah, I definitely learned a lot over the weekend. So I was reading some of your post-race comments, and uh, I'm not someone who watches much cup racing, but obviously between you, uh, Connor Daly, Jensen, and Kimmy and whatnot, plus at a, at a road course like Coda, certainly wanted to tune in and, uh, and see how y'all fared. So starting fourth in that number nine Chevy, end of the first lap, I think you were ninth or so, and was watching that Jordan and obviously I wanted to see the number one pop up instead of number nine just like you but it seemed like from lap hell turn one lap one 
this flow of the race, the style of racing in Cup made itself apparent to you, which is totally different from what you are accustomed to doing, and that is whether it's a 100-minute short race at Long Beach or a 24-hour race at Daytona or Lamar or whatever in a Corvette C8R, in a prototype like you've raced before, sure, you'll race hard. There might be a little bit of of side-to-size or nose and bumper contact, but you know that if you do that too heavily, you're going to be in the pits uh, replacing something, having a cut-down tire swapped out, and your possibility of succeeding is very likely over. So you're not unaccustomed to contact, but you're accustomed to contact with with pretty strong limits. It seemed like turn one, lap one, the entire field said, well, son, we're going to show you a little something. And everybody just beat the living crap out of each other. What was it like seeing that, feeling that, and trying to reconcile that in your head? Because, again, very different level of aggression in how they get down in cup on a road course. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a way different racecraft, I'd say. Uh, I should have kind of expected it to be more of that than I than I kind of planned for. So yeah, I, I made the error of giving a little bit of room on lap one, and I got pushed wide, which cycled me back. And then, yeah, every restart was just honestly mayhem, and I honestly dreaded every one just because I knew something crazy was going to happen, and you're kind of just ready for something, ready for someone to come up the inside and either push you into someone or, or use you as the brakes. So it was frustrating. I couldn't really figure out the right strategy for it. We were kind of picking the outside lane early on to kind of run the outside and stay away from getting hit, but then you just get pushed really wide. So then we went to the inside and we get hit in the back into guys and pushed wide. So yeah, it, it was interesting. I'm not sure. I still don't really know what I would have done differently on restarts. I made a couple, you know, driving errors early in the race that I'd say pushed us back into the middle of the pack where we probably shouldn't have been. But yeah, it's crazy. I don't think I've ever done any restart in a sports car race, even at the end of any race and had anywhere near the aggression or contact that we had, even on a restart in the middle of that race. It was insane. And the amount of contact, too, and how strong those cars are, like the level of hit that the car can take. Like, we would have been out of a sports car race probably 12 times <laughs> during that cup race with how hard the hits were. It was, It is honestly insane how strong the cars are. That's probably why the guys beat each other up so much is because there's no real, um, you know, they don't lose anything if just from slamming people. It, it makes me wonder if Han's devices aren't required in case of big crashes it's more to prevent whiplash from getting smacked around by all the other the other cars so heavily and and to be fair and i'm not trying to protect protect my guy here but i've watched you and your career you know basically since it started you're not afraid to uh to bang wheels to trade paint proverbially i mean you i'm not saying that's a hallmark of your driving style but if it's needed in the moment, you have never shied away from driving the wheels off of something. And if it roughs someone up a little bit, or if that's what's required, that's what you're getting, you giving it back. So you've demonstrated throughout your career that you're not out there trying to hide from people and afraid of contact. But it does sound like if you get the call to go to pick another road course or go back next year to Coda, um, 
sounds like you're bringing some some Sparco branded or whatever your preferred huh. safety apparel brand is uh, boxing gloves into that uh, cup sure. bar with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I yeah, it's just it is pretty crazy. I, I know even just reading some of the comments after this, even inside the cup garage, guys were saying that was especially crazy. So I'm not sure if it's the way Coda, like the layout lends itself to like that big open wide turn one. But yeah, talking with Jensen after the race, he was kind of in my boat where it was frustrating to a point where you'd make a move on someone that was clean and then they'd just kind of run the outside and push you off in the next corner. So it's just a different style of racing that we're not used to. And that's what they do every week of the year. Well, next time we get some cup drivers at Daytona next year, whatever, you know, uh, you might unwind the wheel a little bit early here, there, let them get to feel uh, the grass at the bus stop at a hundred and whatever miles an hour. Okay. Let's not do that. But you know, the, the last thing I'd love to learn about Jordan, it's what I mentioned when we saw each other, uh, after Sebring. So you've been one of IMSA's or back in the day, Grand Am, you've been one of IMSA's most popular drivers for a really long time, wherever we go, it's you and one or two other drivers who are, you know, the most requested by the media or, you know, you know what it's like being uh, beloved by the fans, you and your alter ego, you know what that's like. What's it like stepping into America's biggest racing series? I don't know if Coda was packed prior to the race, but what was it like difference-wise going from, being one of IMSA's most popular folks to stepping into what isn't Chase like NASCAR's most popular driver or something like that, stepping in for him. What was it like in terms of attention, media requests, spotlight being on you? How much different was it than uh, than your normal routine with Corvette racing? Yeah, it was it was definitely intense. Uh, I think everyone at Hendrick kind of knew how much pressure I was under, so they were they were very nice with not scheduling a whole lot of appearances and, and media requests. So we had a couple of things on the schedule. Uh, the busiest day was for sure race day. I didn't really prepare myself that well for that where, you know, we had a couple of meet and greets, you know, an appearance with Chevrolet, meeting Unifirst people uh, at their suite and then on the grid, driver instructions, driver's meeting, team meeting. Uh, so trying to mix in all that stuff with, you know, getting food, getting dressed uh, and getting my head in the right headspace was was definitely hectic and even like the whole pre-race routine is much different to uh, any sports car routine just yeah it ramps up the intensity really quickly so it was it was a fun process um i think it was hard to take everything in just because i was so stressed with the whole event i knew we had so many eyes on us we were kind of under a microscope to perform uh we had so many followers from the sports car side probably following us to see how it would go family, friends, um, NASCAR people watching. So we knew that it was going to be tough to, I'd say, do everyone proud. I thought we did a great job through practice and qualifying. It's too bad the race didn't go our way. I think we were actually back in the hunt for a top 10 up until that last restart. So it would have been cool to kind of finish it off well, but that's the way that's the way it goes in any, any racing series. So, yeah, it was still a great, great experience. Fun to get the first one under my belt, and, yeah, hopefully – we can get another shot at it sometime saying this just in pure appreciation of you, you you wouldn't have done this but some might have treated this as kind of a free weekend 
Oh, Hey, this is really cool. Thanks for the, you know, the invite. Of course I'll come do this. This is great. You know, champion team champion car, just right. Go have fun. But this isn't my day job, whether I win or lose, doesn't matter. Like, Hey, I'm just going to go have fun and, and try and enjoy the experience. That wasn't you. I mean, obviously you try to enjoy it, but whether it's simulator time to all the advice you're receiving and seeking out everything you mentioned, you went in and treated this like it was, you know, round three of uh, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship or any other highly important critical race. I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, not a surprise. You've always been the proest of pros, but I do appreciate the fact that you didn't look at this as kind of a, a freebie. You went in treating this like any other race, trying to make sure that it went perfectly. And the fact that you're disappointed with how the race went, I think should just tell folks uh, your approach to things is uh, pretty damn serious. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I knew it was an, a massive opportunity. And, like, sitting with Andy where we were, like, he's a guy who's fought like crazy to get NASCAR rides and has never been in a, a Hendrick car. So for me... I knew it's an opportunity to represent our whole sports car community as well. So I knew I needed to get a, get the job done well to represent everyone. For guys like Andy to show them that sports car guys can get it done as well if they have the right equipment. So I definitely did plenty of studying, plenty of prep. You know, when I went up to Hendricks on that Wednesday, we did pit stop practice. Uh, sim time, studying all the notes for pit stop procedures. There's so many little details there's no pit speed limiter, so getting the lights right, driving through pit lane, hitting your marks, you know, having your wheels turn the right way for each time they jack the car up. So, yeah, there were so many details to kind of take away from, like, just purely enjoying the moment. But I'm glad that I could represent, you know, our sports car community well and hopefully open up some opportunities for guys like Andy to get, you know, some proper drives down the road. Amen. Last quick thing or two. And I apologize, I don't have a committed to memory, but I'm learning more about this. Is it sports car life, sports car for life thing that, you, oh, that you've yeah. been doing? for? I, I don't want to call it a rabbit hole, but I remember searching a couple days. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of late to this and saw that there's like 27,000 different t-shirt options you can buy and such. Um, <laughs> have you built your own tribe? Uh, it sounds like you have your own uh. tribe here. I'm trying to create something. It's called Sports Car for Life. And, and you use the number four, right? Yeah. And is yeah. it L-Y? And with a Y. See? Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful you did that because <laughs> if that's not a nod to like uh, 2003, what, what, where would the yeah, world be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to create like a place for fans to kind of go and I can interact with them on a personal level, show them some behind the scenes. And like, it seems like people have been loving it. There's like 22 or 2,400 people in there now on that server. And they're all talking racing, talking gossip and, and rumors. So they're enjoying it. And we did, we did, we'll do some meetups at different tracks at the year, different events like Sebring. We did a wing eating contest yeah, and stuff like that. So I think we can have some fun with it. That's where I first saw it. I walked by the tent and saw that. I'm like, this feels like the scene of a crime. I'm walking. There should be yeah. some yellow <laughs> tape here, but, um, <laughs> Last thing for you, brother. So we know, I mean, I took a photo of you and one kid in his full Rodney Sandstorm regalia in the paddock at Sebring. Did Rodney travel? And I don't mean you. I mean fans in Coda at a NASCAR race. Please tell me there was at least a couple folks decked out in something. I'm hoping this, this guy of yours travels even to NASCAR fandom. 
Yeah, we had, I saw there was a group of three guys, or there were actually four guys with Rodney stuff on this weekend. So it was, it was not bad for such late notice, too. See, I bet there's only like three f- folks with Jensen Button stuff. So, uh, <laughs> right. And maybe two yeah. with Connor Daly. So I think, yeah, exactly. I, think I think your boy Rodney is <laughs> kicking some ass in NASCAR Cup. Well, uh, I'm glad you got to do it. I really do hope the Hendricks of the world and others got to see that, yeah, uh, you were trying to be a good student here, not prove that you can give back as, as hard as you got it and be out of the race on lap five. So I hope folks yeah. realize your approach was one of trying to respect the team and entry and bring back a car in one piece and um, hopefully give you another opportunity to, uh, to go represent the brand and do more cup stuff in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Marshall.